Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. So welcome to Light Church. If this is your very first time, I hope you feel welcome. I hope you feel at home. And if you are returning, are you going to come on the journey with us? We're so glad to have you with us today. And uh, just to come behind a few things that Holly said, um, the newspaper that your piece is here, Advent Devotional, has been genuinely incredible. It's, we've, we've sent them all around the UK. We've had people from all over messaging in being like, where can I buy a copy? Can I, can I be involved in this? And uh, so I don't know about you, but that to me is very, very encouraging because it just shows that there was, there's a heart for people to get around God's word. And, uh, and I found them really helpful. I found yesterday's actually, uh, a mate of mine from the Isle of Man, Johnny Harden. Uh, it was, I thought it was just really profound and it just open my eyes in a different way. So I'm looking for every day I look forward to it. And uh, so I encourage you to be journeying through that. Then also, uh, alongside the devotional, we are going to be doing a series in the month of December called Your Peace is Here. And uh, we just felt like this is a little bit of, of a, a sound or the message that God is bringing us through as a church, this idea of peace. And I, I don't know... Again, I often say this, I don't know if you are aware, but the, the world we live in is very, very complex. It, 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 would, it would be a surprise to me if you were like, is it the world complex? Like, I feel like it's safe to say that the world we live in is pretty complex. And more so than complex, the world we live in is quite noisy. Noisy in the sense of so many ideas and so many ideologies and frameworks and things flying at us all the time. You can walk down the street and see so much messaging for products or services or this. You need this to make you that and you need that to make you this and all these different things, all these messages coming at us. And sometimes you can just find yourself really kind of muddled and a little bit noisy on the inside. I went through an interesting uh, process recently where I had a moment where I was looking at my social media. Now, we've been on an interesting journey with social media, haven't we, where social media didn't really play that big a part in, in our lives. And then I'd say today, the world that we live in is very much social media plays a very, very large part of a lot of people's lives. Again, for you, it might not be like that, but the world that we live in, this online environment, it's such an important place for people and people get their significance and their value and, or lack of from these places. And I went through an interesting experience recently where I just found, I, the only way I can describe it is I just felt like my soul was noisy. Where I was just on my social media and I was following all these different people, this person who leads this church and that person who does this thing and this artist who does that and this person I remember from high school and this, all these different things. And it just felt like, it was just like heaviness. And I said, you know, I don't think I need this anymore. So I went through this process of like unfollowing loads of different people and being like, I am going for a clear out. And uh, you know those moments where even if it's in your house where you just think, I've got to go for a clear out. I had one of those moments recently with my soul where I was like, I need to clear out some influences and some voices and clear out some things that I've been following or things that I think of been causing me to compare or things causing me to think I need to do something that I'm not doing or whatever it might be. I just went through this, this thing where I was like, this is robbing my peace. Yeah. 
And I think the world that we live in is a world that is actually void of peace and that people are desperately chasing peace, like desperately looking for something that can give them that like deep rooted okayness. Maybe you're in that place. Like I was in where I was, I just need to find, I just need to get to that place where I just feel at peace. And the the crazy thing about peace is, is peace is something that both Jesus is and that Jesus offers. Like Jesus both is peace and he brings or gives peace. So I want to preach a message today entitled Learning to Know God. Learning to know God. And this has been a really, really profound learning for me this week. And I know every pastor says that because they're supposed to, but I promise you this, this has shifted my thinking this week. So I want to offer you something that has really, really helped me. Learning to know God. I was thinking about this. And when me and Holly first got married, we went through, obviously, when you, when you first get married, for those who've been married, you, you get in this, this moment where it's like two cultures completely collide together, where it's like you do one thing one way and, and your, your partner will do another thing another way. And it's just this culture clash where you're figuring out how do we do things. Now, one of the things that I am not very good at is cooking. I'm not a very good cook, okay? I can do, I can cook sort of well if I like go, I, I know what I'm going to make. I go out, I buy the, the specific instruction, uh, the specific ingredients. I have the specific instructions and I go and I will, I will put on the music from the place I am making. Like if it's some form of Italian, I'm, I'm like in Italy down some little side street, apron over my shoulder or like tea towel. I don't do it very often. Tea towel over my shoulder. You know what I mean? Like I in it like this is this is how I go about it. now Holly Holly has an absolute superpower she can do that as well like she's proper in, but she has this superpower where she can look at like cupboards and the fridge that look as though like we are we are down and out broke like you could look at the cupboards and the fridge and I'd be early on in our marriage I'd be like what the heck are we gonna do like we have nothing. And then next minute, Holly would come out with this like crazy meal. She's like, yeah, I found a little bit of this and I did a little bit of that and added this. I was like, where did the recipe come from? I don't know. I just made it up. I just did a little sprinkle of this, little pinch of that. And then and I'm eating it like, I didn't even know you could make this sort of stuff with what we had. Like it was this, this, crazy, this crazy thing that Holly could do. She had this ability to look at lots of different things and make something out of them. I do not have that ability. I'm like, Holly, we have no food. She's like, yeah, we do. We have names, all these things. And I'm like, yeah, what are we going to do with those? I have no idea. And Holly has this ability. So it took me a long time in our marriage to go from seeing these empty cupboards and the empty fridge and being like, what are we going to do? Do you want me to nip out? Should I find something? It took me a little bit of time to start realizing that when I saw the empty fridge and I saw the empty cupboards, I wasn't really worried because I knew Hollywood be able to rustle something up out of what we had. It's like I went through this process where I had to learn to know Holly. I had to learn to know, like, how, how are we? How, how does Holly work? How does, like, what are her gifts? What are her abilities? What are things that Holly does? And it was interesting because the reality of the situation, the circumstance never, ever changed. Still to this day, I can go into our fridge and into our cupboards and be like, there's nothing in here. But the, so the reality is the same. But because I have learned to know Holly, my approach and the way I come away from the situation is completely different. Completely different. 
See, I think it's this idea of through proximity in our relationship and through time spent together, I have learned to know Holly. Think about circumstances. Two different people can look at the same circumstances and come away with completely different view, can see completely different things. And I mean, have you ever seen the film Jaws? Has anyone seen the film Jaws? Okay, you have. That's all right. Now, if you have seen the film Jaws, you will look out at a beautiful like ocean, like scenery. And the second you hear that theme music, you know it is not safe, beautiful ocean scenery, right? You know someone's about to lose a limb. Now, if you haven't seen Jaws and you look out at this beautiful ocean scenery, you hear this music, you go, what is that music? You know what I'm saying? So the circumstance, the reality is exactly the same. But through this idea of learning to know something, you see it completely different. And I want to submit that it's exactly the same when it comes to peace with God. This is exactly the same. We need to look at this idea of circumstance. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. This is a very, very common verse, very well-known verse. It says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. I love this passage because it's so powerful. We live in a world that is void of peace, that is desperately seeking peace, deep-rooted okayness. This, this deep-rooted thing where things just feel all right in the, in, in, in the light of everything not looking okay, there is a deep-rooted okayness. So this passage says, do not be anxious about anything. What I love about this is that Paul is saying it is a command. He's saying, try your best not to be, no, he's not saying that. He's implying that there is actual, the ability to control this. This is a controllable thing. The outcome can be affected. Do not be anxious. Do not. So we need to understand here this idea of peace. We have a part to play. We have a part to play in this pursuit of peace. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Now, this is interesting to me because so many people, especially in culture, we'll talk about you have to have everything in your life lined up. Everything has to be perfect. Family has to be going really well. You know, like the kids are behaving. This is all good. House stuff, we're on top of this. You know, job is all climbing up, all doing it. Like everything is perfect. And then it's like this attainable peace. But Paul says in every situation, implying that the situation does not have a bearing on peace in every situation, whether things are amazing in your life right now, you can still be void of peace. Whether everything is going as you want it to be, you can still be chasing that deep-rooted okayness in yourself. Or your life could be completely upside down and you're just looking for something to grab onto or somewhere in between in every situation. So, peace, there's something that we have to do in this. Do not let your hearts be anxious. Or Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then in every situation, so it doesn't matter about the situation. And then it says, the peace of God which transcends 
our understanding. This word transcends, it like paints a word picture of something coming from above and, and dropping down and, and kind of like falling over. That's the picture that Paul is painting here. This piece that kind of tumbles over the top of your life, tumbles over the top of your understanding, comes from something other than yourself, transcends your understanding. It says it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So if we are looking for peace, we need to understand that our circumstance, that word is important, circumstance, has no bearing on our peace because the peace of God is not rooted in circumstance. It is transcendent. It comes from him. So when we learn to know God, I love this phrase, learn to know God. When we as Christians and we as individuals learn to know God, when it, we, we take it upon ourselves to learn God's ways, God's heart, God's voice, when we learn to know God, this is what happens. Problems that we face stop becoming cues for us to worry. And instead, the problems that we face become cues for us to trust God. So for example, in our life, when we learn to know God, when we come up with, we, we are faced with a problem, we're faced with some form of suffering or pain or some complexity or confusion. When we have learned to know God, when we see it, we go, God is going to do something. It's like that reality that we could look at. If we are completely separated from God, we look at reality we have that we face in our life. Oh, this, this diagnosis, this financial situation, this relationship, this mental health stuff, whatever it is in your life, without God, you look at it and go, this is hopeless. I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this. I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be like. How am I going to do this? But when you have learned to know God, you see the problem. You're, you're not unaware of the problem. You see the reality, but you go, but God is going to do something. But God is going to be present in my suffering. But God is going to work something through it. If we learn to know God, the problems we face are actually cues for us to lift our eyes and recognize that God is going to do something. So that changes everything. The human experience is full of suffering and full of pain, full of difficulty. Imagine if everything that we faced actually pointed us to God rather than away from Him. Because this whole idea, if you talk to an atheist, the, 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 the big argument that people will often use to disprove God is this thing called the argument from evil. If God is here, why is there so much suffering in the world? I mean, side note on this, it's funny because they don't attribute all the good in the world to God, do they? Only the negative. Interesting. But what I find interesting with this is when we go, ah, how could God be there if there's always evil? Because God never promised to just remove all of these difficult things from my life. He promised to be present in the middle of all of it. That is exactly what he did. God did not remove us from earth in the salvation plan. He did what? He stepped in to the mess. So in your own life, when you face things, it is not exactly God, can you take this away? It's God, can you do something in the midst of what I am going through? Can you bring purpose? Can you bring wholeness? Can you bring peace? in the midst of all of this chaos. And that is his promise. Like it says in Philippians, the peace of God will transcend. It will fall. It will tumble over the top. And it will guard your hearts, man. So if we learn to know God, we see problems as big arrows that point us to God. I'm not saying life is easy. I'm not saying that everything will be simple. But I'm saying that when we learn to know God, these things that we face can actually point us 
to him. So let's look at this idea. How can we as Christians learn to know God? Like in man and Holly's marriage, we, we have learned to know one another. So when we see certain things, we know, all right, I know what's going on here. Just the same with God. We are in a relationship with God. So we need to learn to know him. Here are three ways that we as Christians can learn to know God. The first one is this, his story or history. History. One of the ways that we learn to know God is through history. So the idea of learning to know God speaks of this like relationship, like history, stuff gone before. Like there, there's been some form of repetition in the relationship for me to be able to look at our kitchen and be like, okay, I don't need to worry about this because I know Holly. I know what's going on here. It's like there's been history. It's, it's happened enough times for me to realize what's going on. So in Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, God has never changed. The way he acts now is the way he has always acted and is the way he will always act. God never changes. So the first thing is this, look back and see all the times in your life where God has come through. Look back at your life and see all of the times that God has come through for you. Like watch how he's done it before. On a practical level, I really want to encourage you to open a journal, open a notebook, and make a list. Write down things. Write down the, all of the different things where God has come through. God, you did this, and I, I did not see that coming. God, you did this. And begin to build a, a list of things where God has actually come through where you didn't expect Him to. So I did this on, on Monday or Tuesday. I sat down, and I wrote, God, you did this. And you did this, and remember this, and remember when this happened. And I didn't expect that to happen. I expected this, but God, this is what you did. Made this massive list, and I stood there. I was like, wow, there is history. God has moved for me before. God has come through for me before. And guess what he did to me? He can do it again. He's done it before for me. He can do it again for me. This isn't like abstract thinking. It's not like, okay, self-help. He's did it for this, this person. And that can be really difficult sometimes. I've never seen it for myself. Sit down, write a list of all of the times that God has come through for you. And I promise you, you will leave that session feeling encouraged and full of faith. The second thing is this, the Bible. The Bible is literally a book about the history of God's relationship with humanity. If you are in your life right now thinking, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. Start by looking at the Bible. Look back at how he did things with other people. Look at how he moves because you're not necessarily looking at what he's doing. You're looking at his character because you can trust his character. There's a famous phrase that says, when you cannot see his hand, you can still trust his heart. When you cannot see what God is doing, you can always trust his heart because his heart will never change. The Bible is literally a book about God's character and God's ways. So right now in your life, if you are facing something, another practical point, start pulling together some Bible verses, some Bible narratives of how God has come through for people. Look at the way God came through and delivered people from things. Look at how God strengthened people, gave people boldness, gave people peace, gave people courage. Watch how God related to humanity. And again, I promise you, you will come out of this moment being like, this is the character of our God. And no matter what it is you are facing, I promise Jesus is the answer. I often do this. Look at what I've got going on in my life. Write it down. I'm really struggling with, with focus and seeing the bigger picture. 
right? I'm gonna go to the Bible. How has God lifted people's eyes to see the, big, the bigger picture here? And I love the story of Joshua and I'm reading the story of Joshua or the story of Nehemiah, how Nehemiah was called to do something. I'm looking through it being like, ah, oh, God, you've strengthened these people who are doing far bigger things than I was doing. God, I think you can do it for me. See, I mean, history. One of the ways we learn to know God is by history, his story, his story of him relating to humanity. So if you want to learn to know God, look back and see what he has done before. Second thing is this, his voice or his ways. So we've looked back, but now let's look in the moment we're in. Look for his voice or his ways. The idea of learning to know God, knowing God, it speaks of like this personal intimacy, this relationship, this sort of like proximity to God. First thing is this, learn to recognize how God speaks to you. If I were to ask you, you don't need to answer me out loud right now, please don't. But if I were to ask you, how does God speak to you? Would you be able to say, ah, I actually know this. This is one of the ways in my life that God has spoken to me. Maybe you're like, I actually don't know if God has. Or every time I feel like he has, my sort of like skepticism jumps in and says, that was just you. Or whatever it might be. But learn. This is, this, this is effort. This is not just, it isn't something that just downloads to you. You have to put in the work. Learn, learn to recognize how God speaks to you and understand his leading in your life. See, when I come to make really big decisions in my life, I don't just, just sit there and think like, okay, uh, like, you know, obviously you weigh up the pros and the cons, what's, you know, what's good, what's in line with values, all that sort of stuff, what's in line with scripture. You go, God, how have you spoken to me before? How, how has God's voice been heard in my life? And then I start looking there and start to recognize how God will speak to me. One of the ways that God speaks to me is I'll get a, like a heavy thought. And it doesn't just stop there for me because some people are like, yeah, that's just you. All right, I'll get a heavy thought. And then I will take it to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm feeling like this is something you're asking me to do. And then I'll leave it there. And then what I'll do is I'll go to some trusted people in my life. Hey, I'm really sensing that this is something I gotta do. Could you pray? Could you seek God for me? And those three measures are a way that I hear God's voice in my own life. When it came to stepping into this role, this was a huge decision. Is this what I wanna do? Is it in line? Is it blah, 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 blah? Felt this heavy thought. At first I was like, really? Now? And then I was like, Holy Spirit, I'm feeling this. Is this something? And then I, I took it to Holly. I took it to Pat. I took, to, took it to some people in my life. Like, this is kind of what I'm feeling. Like, here are some of my insecurities that are telling me that it's not a good idea. Here are some of the fears I've got that are saying I shouldn't do this. Here are some of the ego in me that are saying I could easily do this. Here are some of the pride in me that are saying this isn't even that difficult. Lay all those things out. Hey, what do you think? And when those three things line up, you go, I hear God's voice. And then what happens? Peace. Even though there's all of these insecurities and pride and ego and all these different things that were still there on the table, there was peace in the middle of it. And I heard God's voice very clearly. He spoke to me through his word. Learn to understand how God speaks to you in your own life. John 10, 27 says this. This is Jesus saying, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Learning to know God is about communicating and being in proximity, learning God's voice. And what I will say as a tag on this is judge everything through scripture. This is not a feelings game at all. 
I'm not saying go around with what you feel like God is saying to you. I feel like God is telling me to go and rob all the banks in the world because he wants me to provide for the kingdom. Like he's probably not telling you that. You know what I mean? That's what the Bible is for. We go to it because it cannot be swayed by our culture. It cannot be swayed by our emotional roller coasters. It cannot be swayed by the things that we are, the transience of our thinking. The Bible is rooted, it is God's word. Listen to this, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That is a fundamental belief of Christians. If you call yourself a Christian, this is not something where you get to choose, you know, do I believe this? Do I not? Like some things there are, but this is not one of those things. This is a fundamental doctrine of being a Christian is that you believe that the Bible is God's breathed out word. Okay. How we go about believing that there are some discrepancies and different traditions and whatever, but fundamentally we as Christians believe that the Bible is God's authoritative holy word. And he will never say anything that is contrary to the Bible. So when you have something in your life, I feel God, you could be saying this, go to the Bible. Has he said this before? Is there precedent for this? Is there a command for this? Is there a principle that would outline this? And it will help guide your decisions. And then the third bit of this is prayer and devotion. One of the reasons I'm so passionate about these devotionals and I'm, I really think they're a, a, a important part of our life is that it allows us time to focus. And one of the reasons I wanted to put it in your hands so that you could hold it is because it cannot notify you of an email. It cannot tell you that you are late for an appointment. It cannot do anything other than tell you what is already written in that. As I'm sat there in the morning, feeling like a real gentleman, legs crossed through my big paper. <laughs> I sit there and I read these words. Is this moment where like nothing else exists but me and God. Nothing else happens in that moment but me and God. And those moments are so important. Learning to know God comes from proximity in relationship. Spend time in his presence. Spend time in his word. Learn to actually like, put rhythms in your life. Whether you read in the morning, whether you read in the evening, whether you worship, like worship needs to be a part of your rhythm in your life. Not just on a Sunday morning. This is part of who we are. So we learn to know God by his story, by his voice or his ways. And the third thing is this, we learn to know God by his promises, by his promises. So we've looked at how God has done things before. We have looked at how God is doing things now in our life. Then we get to go, what is God going to do? What has he said he is going to do? We need to learn to know God by trusting in his promises, trusting in his promises. Here's something. If God has said something to you, I promise you this, he will do it. We can look back. He's always come through on his promise. If God has given you a promise, he will fulfill it. Here's the thing that we often mistake in our own lives. We think if God's promised us something, then it's on us to manufacture it to happen. I do this all the time. I take the assignment from God. See, I'll do it. I'll be back when it's done. And he's like, no, no, I wanted to do it with you. Like I, God is not just sending you out on things on your own. It's, it's, it's a co-mission. You're in partnership. So learn to trust his promises. In Numbers chapter 23, 19, it says this, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken 
and will he not fulfill it? In other words, God is always faithful. That is his character. That is his nature. If God has spoken to you or is he is saying something to you, is he's promised something for you, he will always fulfill it. The second thing is this, is do not get overwhelmed by the problem, but focus on his promise. And this is interesting to me, this one. So we talk about circumstances, we talk about peace. One of the easiest ways or one of the easiest things that can rob your peace is being overwhelmed by the problems. That's the way it is in my life, overwhelmed by the problems. Here's the thing. If you fix your eyes on what God has said he will do, you fix your eyes on the promise, then everything in between is no longer a problem, but it's the process. I know that was a lot of alliteration. That was not intentional. (laughs) Everything in between is just simply process. Imagine if I was building a house and you come and you see it when it's like a quarter built. You'd be like, what a mess. What, this is your house? No, and then I, I roll out the plans and show you what it's going to look like. No longer is it a mess. It's a process. You roll out the plans and say, this is, this is, this is what it's going to look like. This is what this room is going to do. This is what this wall is going to be like. This is how this is going to feel. And no longer do people start looking at the, the semi-built house as like, well, this is a real rundown place. It actually becomes an exciting prospect of process. And it's just the same in your life. You might right now look around and be like, I thought God said he was going to do this. And I look around in my life and go, I, I'm not really seeing that. I'm not really seeing the, this whole thing sort of roll out. But actually, when you fix your eyes on what God has said and what he has promised, when you look around in your life and things maybe don't add up, you can trust that it's part of the process that God is refining you. He is shaping you to be who he has called you to be and to do what he's called you to do. So this idea of circumstance and peace, I'm going to invite the band up. Peace is not rooted in the temporality of circumstance. It is not rooted in the ever-changing sounds of our culture or the kind of the, the waves that push us around in our daily lives, be it emotions or relational tensions or whatever it might be. Our peace is not rooted in any of those things. Our peace is rooted in Jesus because he is both peace and he gives peace. So maybe this morning you're like, ah, I, need, I need that. I need that deep-rooted Okayness, I'm facing the future with a little bit of fear here. I'm facing the future and I'm not fully sure what things are looking like. I don't even know if God's even got his hand on this right now. I promise you this, God's peace is available to you today. Whatever it is you have going on. See, this Christmas, my heart for us as a church is as we journey through this devotion, as we look at this idea of your peace is here, is that we would finally understand as individuals, as a church, that simply our peace is here. Not because we have a lack of problem, but because He is here. We have peace because we have Jesus. Peace is here, not because of our worship music or our creativity or our venue or whatever it is. We have peace because Jesus meets with us. How crazy is that? Maybe in your own life, as 
we just close this up and I'm excited for the next couple of weeks of this. I really believe that God's going to speak on this idea of peace right into your soul. And I want to set this up with this. Peace is not rooted in the circumstance. But if you are facing some stuff in your life, Jesus is all you need. Think about it. If you are anxious, he is your peace. If you are downhearted, he is your joy. If you are suffering, he is your comfort. If you are afraid, he is your courage. If you are feeling hopeless, Jesus is your hope. That is what he promises. He both gives and he both is. And it's just the same with peace. John 14, 27 says this. Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Even Jesus says this. There is something you have to do in the middle of your circumstance. Do not let yourself be afraid, but take hold of peace by learning to know God. Take hold of peace in your life by learning to know his voice, learning to know his heart, learning to know his ways. And in that relationship, what does God promise? A peace that transcends all of our circumstance, all of our understanding, all of our intellect, all of everything will guard us and will help us fight off those feelings of worry and anxiety. Maybe this morning you have never, ever said yes to Jesus before. You have never said, I want to know this God. Or maybe this morning you just really, really want to know him. You want to learn to know his voice, his ways, his heart, his character for the first time or again. I'm going to ask you to stand and with every head bowed and eyes closed. This is just a moment for you. I'm not going to ask for a response publicly. I'm going to encourage you to respond between you and God. And just simply say this, Jesus, I want to know you. Teach me to know you. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.